This is an RNZ podcast. Last week here on Media Watch, we looked at the government's $50 million package of financial assistance to struggling media companies. The first slice of help for the industry with another one to come, the government said, tied into the upcoming budget. The Minister of Broadcasting and Digital Media, Chris Farfoy, said last week there is a natural level of function of journalism the government wants to see. But so far, his government has ruled out any direct bailouts for, or investment in, the actual providers of it, other than the ones it already owns, RNZ and TVNZ. Now, one of the commercial ones has already gone to the wall. This week, some journalists at some of our top magazines were clearing their desks at Bauer Media after the Germany-based publisher of The Listener, New Zealand Woman's Weekly, Metro and many more magazines pulled the plug on them last month. And just before Bauer closed down in New Zealand, it offered to sell its magazines to the government for just $1. But that was an offer that the government could and did refuse. Now, last week on this program, we also heard from Sinead Boucher, the chief executive of the under-pressure publisher of most of our newspapers, Stuff, which also employs more journalists than any other company. And she told us that journalism here needs government support to help survive the COVID-19 disruption. We need that um, help to get through this you know, short term um, so we can keep delivering that sort of work um, and then sort of be able to pick ourselves back up those sort of forces won't necessarily go away unless we can get some government attention on some of the things that um, are behind that as well. Sinead Boucher went on to tell us that the government taking a stake in media companies, as some in the industry have suggested, was not a good idea. But she and others in the business have suggested the government's broadcasting funding agency New Zealand On Air should become a significant source of funds for journalism. For its 30 years in existence, New Zealand On Air has been the main avenue for taxpayers' money going into public broadcasting and local content. It passes on RNZ's annual budget and it also funds New Zealand music projects and community radio. But the bulk of its budget is a contestable fund that's parceled out to TV production companies and broadcasters to make shows that the TV broadcasters agree to screen. And the biggest ticket items are the local TV drama series and documentaries. In recent years, New Zealand On Air has also responded to the rise of the internet by declaring itself platform agnostic, so smaller sums are now spent on digital news content by outlets that have never been broadcasters at all, such as Stuff, Newsroom.co.nz, CocoNet and The Spin-Off. Last week, New Zealand On Air rushed out $700,000 for specific projects for the COVID-19 lockdown. For example, Stuff gets just over $4,000 for a reporter and photojournalist to document essential workers currently working through the night. And the TV Channel 3 got a quarter of a million for the rapidly assembled and shot weekly comedy Die Henwood's House Party, described as bubble-based silliness from a range of local comedians. And it's on air every Thursday night at 7.30pm. Welcome to my shed, welcome to my house, welcome to my bubble. I am throwing a house party. So put your keys in the bowl because we're going to sanitise them. But what New Zealand On Air explicitly did not do for most of its existence was bankroll news or current affairs. Initially it was thought to be a bad idea for editorially independent commercial media to be beholden to the government for their news. But in recent years the likes of TV3 and TVNZ have backed out of making current affairs from their own income and New Zealand On Air has moved in to fund shows that would not normally be made in a wholly commercial environment. And now that COVID-19 has battered the commercial environment so much that almost all journalism would not normally be made in it, the pressure is on New Zealand On Air to put more public money into journalism. 
Now, with all that going on, it's a hell of a time for a brand new chief executive, Cameron Harland, to replace one who'd run the outfit for the past 12 years. As luck would have it, I started on uh, a Tuesday. Um, we had a, a very brief kind of staff catch-up um, for drinks on the Friday, and we haven't been back in the office since. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I was physically in the office for four days and really only sort of had, had a very brief amount of time to kind of get my head around what business as usual might look like. On the one hand, it's the worst time. Um, but on the other hand, as you rightly say, the industries we support has been fast forwarded massively because of what we're having to deal with, sort of unprecedented times that we're living in that are, that are really kind of taxing us. Uh, as, as part of our support for the industry, we put out a rapid response RFP, which was a completely new um, funding round, if you like, turned around the criteria within a week, put it out into the market. That was all the while we were managing our standard funding round. So uh, that was about 700000 that we put into the production community just to try and get people working and to get new content. Some of these Cameron are specific, uh, you know, lockdown fast track projects, aren't they? I think, you know, Die Henwood's house party on TV3, for example, you know, things that have been actioned pretty quickly. The, the broadcasters have done an amazing job, and I include Radio New Zealand in that, of course. You know, they, they are providing really, really important kind of safety messaging and, and, and all the rest of it. But but at the same time, actually, a little bit of lighthearted entertainment is a really good thing as well. So, And we've heard, for example, on our program, TVNZ's chief executive, Kevin Kenrick, has talked about uh, a whole bunch of productions which are in suspension, and they're going to have what he called a content gap. But I guess it just means missing programs that, that can't be made. That's here uh, and overseas. There must be projects New Zealand On Air has funded, you know, signature projects, major parts of its budget. I'm guessing a whole range of deadlines within the business for stuff you funded um, are not going to be met, are they? Just just can't be. No, they can't be. And look, you know, that's not the important thing. I think the important thing is to see these great productions finished both from a budget point of view, but also from a people and safety point of view. So we had, you know, well over 100 um, productions that, that sort of had to pause. There are some premier dramas that, that have had to pause. Um, we're certainly working with those producers, as you would imagine, to ensure that once we are at whatever alert level we believe is the right time from a safety point of view to get back up and running, that, that they do that and that those shows are completed. Could this also be, weirdly, an opportunity? And presumably this content gap is going on all around the world for other broadcasters. Watching a program like, for example, just the other night, David Lomas tracing uh, the, the parents of a woman from Wanaka, great shots of Wanaka, the skiing in the background. The program went to Belgium and to Germany to try and find, and Bulgaria. I mean, this is a really international production. I could imagine that going out anywhere in the world. Uh, well, that's a classic example. And my understanding, having spoken with the production company that, that, um, that made that show, is that they are indeed um, selling that. And it's one of only a very, very few shows that are actually in the international market. Um, another example is, is that lovely little Nadia Lim um, cooking show that was, was playing on TVNZ1 only recently, which was um, shot on an iPhone. Uh, again, that, that was shot in lockdown with, with production values that actually looked pretty great. Uh, look, I think there is an opportunity. Look, we're definitely talking to producers about that, about the fact that New Zealand, um, and we may well come out of this, um, as many people have said to me earlier than, than many others, if you have a look at the, you know, the main centres of production activity being sort of Europe, the UK and the US, we may well be in a position where we can make content earlier than those, those others and that content could be sold. I guess the other side of that, just to remember, is if the broadcasters that we 
you know, we provide these shows to, their commercial revenue through advertising has gone through the floor. So, look, on the whole, though, I do, I do believe that there is an opportunity. And Cameron, last week we had the government announcing uh, what it called its first tranche of assistance to the news media, $50 million. I mean, several players in the news media have, have suggested that expanding New Zealand on air, expanding its funding for journalism, could be a really important way to keep journalism going at some really struggling news media companies. Uh, is this a role that you would actually relish? Is this something you're lobbying? You're hoping for more in the budget so you can do more of this? Um, look, I, I think we started this interview with, with, with a pretty uh, you know, relevant point, which is I've only been in the role a very short period of time. Um, I have to say it's really humbling to hear from you know a number of kind of sources that they do see New Zealand on air as being an option for 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 helping with journalism journalism as 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 a as a thing is is under real pressure and and journalistic content is going to struggle to be funded um, in the normal way then I think we're probably more humbled than we are kind of relishing it um, I, I think that there's there's a lot of water that would need to go under the bridge but as an as an agency I guess we are um, we're pretty pretty adept at um, at working through a process of, of of funding diverse content. If journalism has seen in that way, then then I'm sure we'd uh, we'd lift to the challenge. But it's a different game, though, isn't it? Funding news and current affairs, and you will you would end up jockeying the demands of a, of a whole new range of um, of outlets. Look, as an agency that that distributes funds in a transparent way. Um, to various sources, I guess I would say we're as, as good as any. So if the government decides, look, shoring up news journalism is important, we will use New Zealand on air as a vehicle for that. Would you want government to provide, look, a ring-fenced amount, say this is for journalism, because otherwise, you know, you'll end up with the competing demands of, you know, quite high-budget TV dramas, for example. You wouldn't want to be in that position, would you? Uh, look, I think that's a really important point, Colin. I mean, obviously... The fundamental point that we've sort of made to the ministry is that if we can at least maintain our baseline, that means that we just want to know that when we come out of this, that there continues to be New Zealand on air funding at at, at least the same level that it's been. Um, obviously, ideally, they they're also saying it might be better if it was more. Um, again, just getting into that production side, if you think about a number of the the international productions that we're shooting in New Zealand, uh, the Amazon Lord of the Rings uh, television series up in Auckland, um, Avatar and Wellington, those productions are not going to be happening for some time. To be clear, the bottom line is what we want is our baseline to remain so that we can support those those you know production companies and 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 cast and crew and and and, and the sector. If we're called upon to sort of support journalism, then you know, we would certainly hope that that was a an additional level of, of funding rather than, than coming out of the, the precious pot for productions and for music and for some of the other platforms that we fund as well. Yeah, so an example of, of that perhaps is uh, the Minister, Chris Farfour, he talked about the local democracy reporting service, and that's funded with a million dollars so far in its first year from, um, which is really only a fragment of New Zealand on air's total budget, but that came out of a specific fund for innovation set up via New Zealand on air, but um, uh, administered by RNZ and local newspapers. So that employs eight reporters around the country. The minister said, look, that might be a model if that's to be expanded. The, the local democracy reporting initiative, I think, has been, has been a really good one. Um, and it was a pilot, as you rightly say. So it was a pilot because we had some, some new sort of money and 
eight reporters out, you know, doing doing work that wouldn't have otherwise have been done, which again is kind of what we do. I think has proven to be pretty successful, but but it's a very very small pilot in the scheme of things. So my sort of view is it's an it's sort of an expansion of the pilot as opposed to actually an expansion necessarily of LDR. LDR has a really sort of specific purpose and is and is and is important for that purpose. My sense is that that the the challenge around journalism is far far broader um, and more expansive than that. And the prime minister herself, when she was talking, uh, well, she was asked about what the government would do in their approach to providing assistance to media. As uh, she used the phrase of triage, you know, we have to look at what's the best use uh, in in this emergency situation that we're we're in. But would you be hoping that the government's actually thinking of that, the four, five, six most important things, and that will give you some guidance about how they really want you to support the media in this new landscape, almost like a kind of Pharmac for media framework or something like that? Um, yeah, look, I mean, we, we um, before my time, but in, ended on air, pulled together a, a journalism roundtable um, last year and, and pulled together a huge number of representatives from various media. As a result of that, I think a number of ideas were submitted and a paper was written, which is actually, it's, it's public, it's on our website. There were a number of ideas that, that were part of that um, that initiative, I believe, have, have been put forward to government. And uh, look, my sense of it is that the, the government is doing as much as it possibly can for all of the sectors that are being impacted. But but actually, I think the, the bigger job here is what is this, what is this economy going to look like, you know, in the next two to three weeks, two to three months, and then, you know, two to three years, really. And what should we be doing differently? I don't think this is about let's just throw a bunch of money and, and keep, keep people doing the same things. That's not going to be the way forward. But do you have a sense, Cameron, that someone is actually 